welcome to LISI Carrier Calls. I'm Rebecca with our Intel team. In these episodes, we're talking about compliance. And as always, our aim is to keep it short while tackling some really complex topics and bringing you the key takeaways. This week, we're excited to talk to Think HR's Joy Justice about the new sexual harassment prevention training requirements. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do at Think HR, Joy? Sure. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm, I've been here at Think HR for about 10 years now. One of the original folks that uh, you know came on to Think HR and have seen the company grow over the years. I've been in various executive leadership roles, beginning with sales, uh, marketing, and now overseeing more with our client services and strategic partnerships. Great. Well, we are so excited to have you and talk about this today. Let's go ahead and jump in. Let's start with the basics. What's the training requirement all about? Sure. So as a you know, as an outcome of the Me Too movement that we've seen over the last couple of years, the states have either established or expanded mandatory harassment prevention requirements. And we're seeing this in California as well as a number of states across the country. And it gets really tricky if you are a California-based employer and you have employees working in different states. So for the purpose of this morning, I'll focus primarily on California, but know that there are different regulations that are affecting California employers even across the country. So here in California, every employer that has five or more employees must provide training before January 1, 2021. And this affects, again, employers with more than five employees. They have to do the training every two years. And there are two different levels of training. You have supervisory training, which candidly we've had for a while now in California, at least for the 50 plus market. But now we have to also train employees that are non-supervisory. And then there are separate regulations in effect in California for seasonal, temporary, um, migrant, agriculture workers that actually took effect this year. So I won't bore you with all of the nitty gritty, but it's a really big deal. And we have uh, deadlines approaching here at the end of the year. And what's crazy is that ongoing, now you have to train new employees either within six months of the hire date, and that is for anyone that is not part of a seasonal temporary or migrant um, ag worker. If you're part of the seasonal temporary or ag worker, you've actually got to train within the 30 calendar days of hire, which makes it really tricky for these employers. And so from a best practice standpoint, our advice is, As part of your onboarding, when you're doing your I-9s and you're figuring out payroll, you've got to do the training right up front. Otherwise, you could really be placing yourself in a position to not have the, um, the right requirements met. That is so much good information. I feel like you actually jumped on some of the questions I was going to ask you, which is, what are the important deadlines? It sounds like the deadline in general is everybody needs to have this incorporated into their business by the 1st of 2021. But then depending on the class of employees, all employees go through it, but you have different time restrictions depending on what type of employee it is. 
Right. And the duration of the training varies. So supervisors take a two-hour course and non-supervisory employees are in a one-hour course. And, you know, again, this has changed because it used to be 50 and over supervisory only. And now in California, it's, um, you know, it's for everyone that has five or more employees. And again, two hours for supervisory, one hour for non-supervisory. And as I, as I mentioned just a little while ago, you have to really factor, say that you're, a, you're an employer here in California and you've got 20 employees, but you've got this salesperson that is living in, you know, New York or Illinois or, you know, Maine, um, one of these other states that has their own requirements. You now have to factor the other state's requirements. And it gets really tricky because some of the states have uh, more stringent requirements than California, believe it or not. And so you have to really look from a compliance standpoint, which one do you go by? Do you do, you do uh, multiple trainings? I mean, you might have scenarios where you have to train all or some of your employees with different state level courses. It's, it's really kind of crazy. I mean, I think it's a good thing, but keeping up with this and tracking what you need to do to be in compliance has really become a burden for employers. Yeah, it sounds like it can get really complex. So let's just say you're an employer, you're in California, you have an employee that lives out of state, perhaps in a state that doesn't have sexual harassment training prevention requirements yet. Does that employee also need to go through the California requirements? Well, you know, it really depends on who you ask. Our position okay. as, a, as a best practice is that if you're an employer, even if you have employees in states that don't require any sort of anti-harassment prevention training courses, I, our best practice would be do it anyway. Because imagine if you had a claim, say that you had a situation where you did have um, a harassment situation at your place of employment. How do you go to court and say, well, I trained my California employees because I had to, but no, I didn't train the ones in Arizona. I mean, how do you defend, you know, defend yourself from that? It would just be a best practice to train everyone. It's a lot more defensible in court should you ever be placed in that type of position. That makes a lot of sense. So what are the key takeaways that the broker needs to know? You've given us so much great information already. And like you said, it is really complex, especially considering that a lot of companies do have out-of-state employees and maybe those employees live in states with more strict requirements than California. Here's what I would say to brokers. I mean, there has been this scope creep where what a broker was expected to do several years ago has crept and expanded into something much larger now. And it is just becoming pretty well accepted that a broker has to provide a solution for these uh, mandatory training, at least in California, it's very common to see that. And so because of that, I would say, hey, brokers, you know, you really have to take this seriously. You have to have a solution that meets the needs of your employers. And I would just caution and say that going out and finding the least expensive solution that just has some sort of online training, check the box, or is, you know, free, or, you know, it's a value add with something, 
I would be really wary of those types of solutions because what we didn't talk about in depth today, but you need to be aware of as a broker, is that there are certain record-keeping requirements. There are um, certain certificates and reporting requirements. There are policy-level requirements that are part of many of these state-level um, training laws. And so whether you are dealing with a California-only employer or one of your clients has a California company with employees elsewhere, it is really tricky and you really need to have someone that you can trust that's advising you on two levels. First of all, advising you on what your specific fact pattern and client needs, because each of your clients might have a different need based off of where they have employees. And then second, you need to be aware that you have to have a, a, um, a solution that's actually compliant. And a lot of the solutions that we've seen out there don't always meet the interactive requirement or they don't always meet the policy language requirement. And so it would really be unfortunate to go to your client and say, hey, here's a great solution. I've got you covered. And then find out down the road that maybe it really didn't meet all of the requirements. And unfortunately, you might not know until it's too late when there is some sort of an audit or a situation that arose. So I think brokers really just need to make sure that they're working with a trusted, respectable vendor, someone that has expertise, not just in California, but across the country. Because again, this is not just a California issue anymore. It is a, um, it is a you know, countrywide issue. In fact, there are, I think, something like 16 states right now that have pending legislation to add harassment training laws. And so unless you're just working with a book of clients that's all local California, which is very rare these days, you're going to run into issues that affect you on a national level and a lot of crossover. You've got to work with, um, with someone that can help you in that regard. I really appreciate that you talked about kind of that creep of expectations put on brokers. We talk about that so often on this podcast that brokers are really expected to be the expert in everything for their clients these days. And that's just not possible, you know, as we've talked about here and as we've talked about with other topics, there is just so much information out there that brokers would need to be experts on, you know, just in compliance alone. So it's really valuable to have resources that allow the brokers to, you know, put that expertise on someone else, take it off their plate, but present a really good, solid solution to their clients. Um, and I think that segues yeah. really well into the next question that I want to ask, which is, can you talk about some of the solutions that Think HR offers? Sure. We have a specific workplace harassment prevention package, and it's really designed for brokers that just want to say, hey, here's a solution I can trust. It's guaranteed to meet all requirements now and in the future. And so we actually don't sell it as a California-only solution. We sell it as a solution that covers you across all 50 states. Because when we look at the legislative docket now, we can see that this is changing by the you know, week, sometimes by the day. And so rather than having to constantly change and update a product, we just have one really easy to use product that covers you anywhere you are in the country, it's guaranteed to meet all of the training requirements, policy, interactive, um, you know, re record keeping. It's fully compliant. And so regardless of where your employer is domiciled, you can use our workplace harassment prevention product and 
distribute the training for all of the employees in the organization, and it is guaranteed to be compliant everywhere there is a training requirement, as well as offer training that is for employees that may not have the requirements in their state, but it's a best practice to train them anyways. The other thing I would mention with that is that the product allows you to even upload your own custom training. And I don't, I'm not sharing that to recommend that you create and upload your own harassment prevention training, but if you now launch this, as part of an onboarding process, perhaps your onboarding would also include something about the benefits plan or a welcome message from the CEO. Well, our platform allows you to administer all of the workplace harassment training platform, but in addition, do all of your onboarding other training at the same time. And so it's kind of a unique product in the sense that it does cover you nationally, um, it's guaranteed to be compliant, and it allows you the flexibility to add other training programs that are part of your onboarding process and administer and track those at the same time. I really like how proactive Think HR is handling this, looking at the legislation that's on the table, looking at maybe the mood of just society in general and saying, hey, we don't think this sexual harassment prevention training is going away. So let's look forward and see how to most easily incorporate it and be ready when maybe that legislation hits in other states so that employers or brokers don't have to scramble and figure out a solution. It's already in place. Right. We're, you know, we're seeing some of our most progressive brokers in states where they have no anti-harassment training laws. So places like, you know, Florida, I, I think I mentioned Arizona, um, a lot of the um, upper, you know, Midwest states like Minnesota, you know, they don't even have these requirements. And some of the brokers in those states are even taking our product and they're advising their clients to do the training anyways, not just because the requirement might be expanded to those states, but because it's just a good general practice. You know, there's a reason why a third of the country is already mandating this. Why wouldn't you just take the proactive approach and train people, given the, 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 the place that we are now with all of the Me Too movement and what's happening in the media and the awareness of all of the, the workplace harassment? Um, the other thing we didn't really dive into is even the discrimination part of it. I mean, this is a really, really broad subject. It's not just sexual harassment. There's other things that get factored into it. And it's just a wise thing for every employer to take. And it's wise for their broker to be the person that's really advising them that as part of their total risk package, that they should be instituting some form of training along these lines. I think that it's really great that you guys offer it as a platform that can be rolled into just the whole onboarding process so that it's seamless. It's just part of how employers bring on employees now. Yeah, absolutely. And I just don't know how you would do it any other way because so many of these states, California included, are requiring that new employees are trained within a certain period of time. So if it's not part of your onboarding process, that first day or first week of employment, you really run the risk of non-compliance, not, maybe not intentional, but accidental, and you just don't want to find yourself in that position. I mean, aside from any sort of fines 
that might be instituted. I think the bigger issue and the larger risk for every organization is what happens if you have a claim and you don't have a way to properly defend yourself with the documentation showing that you've been proactive in training your employees to try to reduce the chance that it happens in your place of work. Yeah, I think that's a really good framing of it. You know, we've seen a little bit of a panic of, oh, no, here's this other thing that I have to do now. But reframing it as, hey, this is really a best practice for your group. You know, it's putting the employer in a little bit of a safer position to make sure that they don't have these sorts of issues happen or if they do unfortunately have them happen to, you know, kind of safeguard them against the consequences of it. Absolutely. And, you know, anyone that doesn't think it's not a real risk, the EEOC 2019 numbers nearly doubled over 2018 for the claims filed by employees. And so, you know, those aren't all harassment complaints, but many of them are. And the fact that it doubled year over year, that is a wake up call that um, this has to be taken seriously. Employers have to be proactive. A lot of them don't know how to be proactive. They rely on their brokers to tell them that. And I just think of it from a broker value standpoint to consistently push yourself forward and position yourself as a as a true trusted advisor and someone that looks at the account holistically and not just benefits and you know health. And to be able to keep moving in that direction, this is one great way that you can be seen as that additional um, trusted advisor. We're in 2020 now. Um, I'm seeing groups starting to roll out this training, looking for those solutions, getting their supervisors and their employees compliant with this um, harassment prevention training. What happens then if maybe while they're watching the training, they have a light bulb moment, hey, you know, I've experienced harassment in the workplace. Or what happens even with the prevention training, you know, worst case scenario, a claim is still filed. What's the investigation process look like? Where can Think HR help the broker and the group? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a great question, Rebecca, because you're right. I mean, by providing this training, the scary thing is, is that there might be this moment where an employee is watching it going, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I've actually been harassed or maybe I'm the one harassing someone. So there's this greater sense of awareness that can happen. And then certainly, um, whether you do the training or not, there is always a chance that you have an incident reported to HR or management. When either of those things happen, you have to properly investigate. And there is a process for investigating to ensure that you're interviewing everyone right, you know, documenting it, and truly running a, um, an investigation that's appropriate for the situation. And so we help employers. Uh, we will coach them. They can call and talk to our advisors, and we have all sorts of written resources and guides to help them through this. They talk to us on the phone. We can give them kind of the play-by-play and help them help them interpret information and really hold their hand, especially if it's their first investigation. Same thing with the broker. I mean, let's be let's be honest here. You know, a lot of the brokers out there, they own their agencies. They are the employer. They could have a situation with their own employees that is cause for investigation. And similarly, we can help the principal or the owner of the agency 
execute and go through that process as well and advise them on how to handle situations, uh, whether they be disciplinary or not, or just documenting properly so that they are not opening themselves up to further exposure and that they're handling it the right way. That sounds great. You know, it's so much more than just about the training. It's all the other components that go with it, making sure that the proper filing takes place, making sure that there's assistance in any sort of investigations that happen. And it really sounds like Think HR is your one-stop shop for all of this assistance and really giving the broker and the group the expertise that they need. Yeah, 100%. Joy, you have given us so much great information. What's one final thing that you want to promote about your services? What makes you stand out to brokers or what do you want to leave that last message with the brokers with? Sure, Rebecca. I consider ThinkHR truly a best in class. This is all we do. All we do is help from a compliance standpoint uh, with what we refer to as people risk. So that encompasses harassment and discrimination as well as a myriad of other things pertaining to the HR and compliance function. And we're truly specialists. We are not a jack of all trades. We don't do Ben Admin. We don't do, um, you know, different broker tools and resources. We are truly focused in this area. And so for that reason, if you're looking as an agency to really provide a robust solution as an extension of your own firm's brand and reputation, we truly would be the best partner. Well, I think that about wraps up the time that we have together. Thanks, Joy, so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rebecca. And thanks, everyone, for listening. For more info on what we discussed today, check out our show notes. And if you have any questions, reach out to your LISI sales team. If you have any topics that you would like for us to tackle, shoot us an email at intel at LISIbroker.com. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy what you're hearing? Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, or find us on your favorite podcatcher.